for recording. Yeah, I see two thumbs up. So I'd like to invite Blaine up, and actually we're, we're going to need probably another mic with some more, um, uh, another battery, by the way. We're going to need a replacement battery for a mic for him. This one's, this one's going to him, too. So Blaine, oh, you've got, he's wireless, man. He's cool. I just want to honor Blaine. I've I've seen more and more of his heart. He's got a true father's heart and um, just a heart of encouragement. And as those who have been in the classes know, um, he, he calls you into greatness and, and he walks along your, alongside you and he believes and he cares. And, and may you receive that impartation, that fathering impartation and the joy and blessing through Blaine tonight. Come on up. Thank you, Blazing Fires. <laughs> Every one of you are a part of Blazing Fire. Every one of you are part of the flame that burns here. Every one of you are important to what's happening here. Every one of you are important to what's happening in the kingdom. Every single one of you. I'm torn right now because... I just want to go back to worship. And I think we're going to get there pretty quick, honestly. I think I'm going to shorten this up a little bit because so much of what I want to share was being poured out from Papa in worship today. Mm. I should have came up and took the mic right in the middle of worship, and we should have hit it right then. But we're going to, we're going to do it in a minute. So worship team... Uh, Guys, was the worship awesome today? And we're going to get some more in probably about 20 minutes, if not less. You know, there's, who knows, I'm an Oregon Duck fan in football. Anybody know that? I know, that, I know the class knows that. I still get along with the Cow Bears and Stanford Cardinals and all that other stuff. But, and just recently, the quarterback for the Oregon Ducks. In a moment of weakness, climbed into some place where he shouldn't have been, and while he was there, he decided to take a laptop computer. Now, uh, okay, I'll get that out of the way. Okay. Oregon was ranked to be number three in the nation starting the year out. This guy was a candidate for the Heisman Award. And Father, we just pray a blessing over him right now in the name of Jesus that he would know that he matters. That he would know how much you love him. That he would know that there's a better way. That he would know that there's other alternatives. That someone would come alongside him and rub shoulders with him and tell him about the God who really cares and who calls out the greatness in him. Now, there's another quarterback that played for the University of Florida, I believe, Gators. Some of you may be more familiar with him. His name is Tim Tebow. He is a sold-out, born-again, prince, son of God. 
who led his team, I think, to two national championships, who won the Heisman when he was a sophomore. And in the NFL draft, when it came around, they said he doesn't have the right stuff. He doesn't have the right throwing technique, if I think I'm getting this right. But because of his character and because of who he is and because of what he brings to the table, besides his throwing arm, he's a quarterback, NFL teams were out there hunting for him and they signed him. And they said, we like who you are. We're amazed at who you are and what you've done and who you are as a leader. And we want you to be part of who we are as an NFL pro football team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's give it up, because that's the touch of God in a son's life who responded to the touch of the Father and gave him glory. The question that Jesus asked, he said, who do men say that I am? And you guys know that story. But you know, there's so many places in, in the Word where it says that we are made in his image. He's the firstborn of many brothers. So when we say who he is after the Son of God, well, including the Son of God, after the divine Son of God who was the one who was always was, then we can put that same definition after us. And the word that God was just speaking into my heart about tonight was, who do you say that you are? And do you know that you matter? Do you know you matter to the king? And do you know you matter in the kingdom? Think about it for a minute. Because we can nod our heads in agreement and say, yes, I know. But knowing up here is not the same as knowing down here. And in class, we have this little thing that we say, no shame, no blame, no guilt. We're all about growing as people, as sons and daughters of God, as princes and, and as princesses. And we're growing. And the only way we can really grow in those places is if we can identify, if we can be free to identify what's going on in our life right now. Because once we know where we are, and then we know what's available if we will take this to heart, which I know I'm preaching to the choir today, but I'm just affirming you because this is so important. Once we know where we are, once we know where we get to live, then the track becomes easier. You get what I'm saying? If I tell you, hey, take off and go to, you know, this place over there, wherever, and I don't even tell you where you're going, well, you know that's going to be a problem. How many of you know it will equally be as big a problem if, if I tell you to go somewhere and we're going to, you know, forget all the street signs, okay? No street signs. And I blindfold you and drop you somewhere and say, okay, get to San Francisco. You have to know where you're at and you have to know where you're going in order to successfully complete the trip. God's already made all those ways abundantly clear to us, and he's made them abundantly available to us. And that's the good news. So the good news today is we have everything that we could possibly need. 
to be who we were created to be every single time. Nothing lacking, nothing wanting, nothing lost, nothing disqualified. But class will let you know, I'm a a participation guy, okay? So I'm going to put my hand up to you. How many of you know we don't always function that way? So what we're going to talk about just for just a few minutes, okay, is what are those things that hinder us? What are those things that keep us from living that amazing life that is our birthright, that is the adventure that we get to live, that is everything that we could ever want? What is it that keeps us from doing that? How do we break through? How do we break out some of those old molds? How do we break out of some of those old mindsets? And how do we then take on what's available, put it on, and live it as royalty with all the power, all the authority, all the dominion, all the blessings, everything that you possibly need because, guys, it's not just about us. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about those that are waiting for us to show up knowing who we are so that just like they said in the book of Acts when they were complaining and they said, those that have turned the world upside down have come here too. We laugh because we say they misquoted it. They should have said those that have turned the world back right side up have come here too. And they should have been celebrating. But we get to be those people. We are those that are called now to wherever we go. Again, you know, I don't just love the Holy Spirit. I mean, most of what I'm going to say, you're going to go, you know, didn't we just sing about that? Didn't we just sing about that? Didn't we just sing about that? So, and we want to do some. We want to do some some ministry too. We want to do some ministry time during worship. So, here's what I want you to be thinking about, if you would. Uh, what are the things that have tended to hold you back at times? Is it the fear? Is it the unforgiveness? Is it the not knowing who we are, not believing who God says we are? What is it that keeps us from from ministering? Because how many of you, okay, honest, honesty, how many of you have felt the urge to do something but haven't for the kingdom that haven't done it? See, I, I forget we're at blazing fire. We have a we have a lower percentage here. Most of the time, when I'm speaking different places, it's about ninety nine percent goes up. Okay, so you guys are doing it, Marilyn. Thank you for the testimonies. Were you, was there ever a time, I know not recently because I know you, you were friends, but uh, was there a time where you started feeling to step into certain places and you were like, uh, I don't know. Is that, a, is that a head nodding yes? Yes, okay. Anybody else? What is it when that thing touches our heart? That that sweet nudge, or maybe it's a kick in the, go over there, Blaine, and tell them about me, or just go tell them that I love them, or just go ask them how they're doing today. What is it that makes me, I know it's probably mostly me, makes me want to resist sometimes? Fear of rejection. What else? Pride. What else? Too busy. Huh? Not sure if it's the Lord sometimes. Awesome. What was the first one? Fear. Fear of rejection. 
what what keeps what is it about fear of rejection that pummels us? If I step out sometime and I'm going to go over here, I'm afraid how I'm going to look. I'm afraid of how I'm going to be received. I'm afraid of what my word's going to be lame. I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going to miss. I'm afraid I'm going to miss what God's doing. Afraid I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm a Jesus freak, which I am. So why would I be worried about them thinking that? <laughs> Let me ask you this. If we're really representing the God who really is, the one who's amazingly, ridiculously, scandalously good, and we feel his heart for that person that's over there, what is it that I would, that would cause me not to go over there and be part of that? It's usually because I'm looking at Blaine. Okay? So, one of the things that I've learned that helps me keep from looking at Blaine is to is for me to live in the knowledge of who he is. That he's extravagantly good. He's ridiculously good. He is with me every split second. And you know what, me, you know, I'm his favorite, but you guys can claim some of this too, okay? All right. He's with me every split second. He's all-powerful to impact every place I go and everything I put my hands to. And he knows everything perfectly, the end before the beginning ever starts, right? And he's only good. He is love. So anything that he invites me to be part of, is that going to be a good thing for me as well as the other person? We're afraid sometimes it might not be God, huh? I'm not hearing right or whatever, right? Do you know God is so good that if we step out, testing his voice, learning to understand his voice, he's going to go, and he's going to come right in behind it. (laughs) Over and over and over again. What else keeps us from doing, from stepping out? Pride. Okay, pride is kind of what we kind of understand that whole issue all by itself, huh? It's because we got our eyes on ourselves, huh? And we all do it sometimes because of the insecurities, the way we brought up, the things that we were told when we were little, the things that made us feel like, you know, we were only good if we did everything right, or we were only good if we stayed quiet, or we were only good if we performed, you know, greatly. So then we got into the performance mentality. But God says, you know what? Do it because I'm good. And I love people. Do it because, Blaine, you know how much I love you. And I'm teaching you even more and more all the time to love me back the same way. And when that happens, I can put that part of me aside. You know, the uh, Jesus asked the, the, the rich ruler when he was having uh, dinner at his house, when he got indignant because Mary Magdalene came in and anointed his feet with oil, right? And he was mad because doesn't this guy even know that this is a harlot that he's with that's pouring, that's sitting here? And she's, you know, pouring the, the rich alabaster perfume on his feet, anointing him, just, just giving, giving out of her everything she has. She's pouring it out freely on him. And then 
and then weeping over his feet and washing his feet with her tears and drying it with her hair. And this guy's like, he must not really be a prophet. He, otherwise, he wouldn't be putting up with this. And what did Jesus say? He said, which one loves more, the one who's been forgiven a little bit or the one who's been, been forgiven a lot? And he got it right. And I think he figured it out, what Jesus was saying. Because this woman, this woman was just, you know, a harlot full of demons. Now, we don't come from that place sometimes. And so, because of that, sometimes we have to re-engage intentionally and purposefully with God. What, you, what did you save me from? What did you save me out of? If we don't, we're going to start comparing ourselves to the people around us. Or we're just going to be like, well, you know, I had it pretty good. You know, I mean, yeah. We almost can start to believe that we're really a blessing to God because he got us. You know, one of my favorite verses, and it's one of the school verses, that says that, you know, all creation groans and travails waiting for the true sons and daughters of God to be revealed in their true identity. The world is waiting for us to show up. And I love you guys. I love God's people. And I was just sharing with us that, you know, it was a few years ago I couldn't say that because I was so scared and hurt and wounded. And I was, I was afraid of being around people who didn't have it all together because they might wound me. Huh. I was the one they needed to be worried about. But, oh, you know, the world is waiting for us. Your neighborhood is waiting for you. Our families are waiting for us. It's not like we lack the tools. Because it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. We win as soon as we set foot on the battlefield. Under the leadership of Papa, we win immediately. Once we get on the playing field, game over. We're gonna have, we're gonna play, and we're, we get to live the adventure of it. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna enjoy the victory, but the victory is guaranteed. We just sometimes need to be willing to be uncomfortable, to fight, to grow, to learn. We always get to win. Sometimes we've been taught that I don't like looking bad. I don't like failing. What if we could fail forward every time? Failing doesn't hurt when we fail forward. You know, and I'm just going to venture that you're going to be like me on this is it's going to be much better to fail a few times than to live with the regret of never trying. Yeah. 
God has such amazing plans for us that we have to learn to ask ourselves, what does it cost me if I don't listen to the voice and say, yes, Papa, and step into it? We think it costs us the possibility of being rejected if we do step into it. What does it cost me if I don't risk the rejection? I don't get the promotion. I don't get, and I'm not doing it for the promotion, but it's nice to be promoted. It's nice to be elevated. It's nice to be increased. It's nice to be seasoned and matured to a whole new level where you can function at a much higher level than what I was able to function at before. Anybody agree? You don't get there. We don't get there if we don't risk and step into those places where we're able to learn and grow and fight and get stronger in the fight and embrace the process so that we're now more powerful warriors for the kingdom. And it's not that we got more power because we already have it now, but we learn how to use our weapons better. We learn how to say no to the things that hinder us. We learn how to say yes when the Holy Spirit's prompting us. We learn how to know that when Papa calls us, he's going with us, so it's all good. So, I just bless you guys. I bless you all. I encourage you just to love on purpose. Love on purpose. And I'm going to read this. I did my first wedding last night, by the way. And it was awesome. It was really fun. And you know, I had to risk in that situation. Because it was a, um, a group of people who were pretty much unchurched. And I had the supreme, amazing blessing to, to meet with this couple for about two months every week every couple weeks. And what an amazing couple. The issue for them was that they didn't see God for who he really was. They had the religion handed down in nice families. But I think sometimes misrepresenting Jesus is why the doors are not being kicked in as people run into the churches across the world. We get to represent him properly. It's our birthright. It's every one of our destinies to model Jesus to the world. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, so we get to model Papa too. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. I love truth. You guys love truth? truth is, is Papa really loves 
every one of us. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. <laughs> Lord, help me love better. Help me love better. Help me love like you're teaching me to love. And I had a couple other instances this week where I got a couple emails that I did get to apply this. And I won. See, when someone sends us something that causes us to be perturbed or even worse, scared, it brings out some of the worst in us, doesn't it? But you know, Jesus' word to us told us to bless those who use us and to love those who curse us. I know you guys know all this. I'm just kind of, I'm sharing what's been going on in my heart for the last little bit. We just, we just get to do this. It's the life we get to live. And you know, in these kind of situations where we do that, we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and disarm that whole mess that was trying to get started. And he does it because he's so faithful. The beautiful thing about it, even more than the disarming, because we really love to avoid the fight, right? I mean, I do. I mean, I, I, I love to avoid the mess. That's okay to, to want to avoid the mess. It's totally okay. But you know what's even more rewarding, more of a blessing than that? Is when I'm not giving that person something in their heart to be cranky about toward me because of the way I responded. Now their, whole, now their heart is totally wide open for the Holy Spirit to come in and go, and just come in with a breath of heaven and just to start to not to, to uh, de-thaw some of that frozen place in those people's hearts. See, we have so much more access. We have so much more power. We have so much more um, ability. And, and there's a word I'm looking for, obviously. I can't get it. Something that really, 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 really causes great fruitfulness. We have that. We have that. We have whatever it takes in every single situation. And I digress a little bit, but the main thing is we have to know that we matter. See, because there's times where we can get to a point where we start looking at the situation and the circumstances and we stop knowing that we matter in the lives of those people around us. And we're, we're kind of in survival mode sometimes. And God has not called us to be survivors, but victors, conquerors, not against the people in our lives, but against the, the, the spiritual attacks that come to annoy them, to try to ruin them, to try to drag their life down the toilet and their spirit into hell. We have everything that it takes to stand in the gap for them and say, may God bless you richly. And I know a lot of you, and you guys are amazing, and you guys matter. Put your hand on your heart.
in our heart. We're just going to clear it first. Okay, so if this doesn't apply to you, it's okay. If it does, then go ahead and say it. Father, forgive me for living life like, it, like I don't matter sometimes. For living life like I don't matter sometimes. I confess that I fall into that trap sometimes. But that's done today. Papa, I matter to you. I matter in the kingdom. I matter to the person sitting next to me. I matter to my friends, my family, and my enemies. I matter to them all in a great way. It's okay. Come on, follow me. We're going we're, we're, we're to illustrate it here. So, Papa, here's my heart. I give it to you freely because you are only good and so trustworthy with my heart. Help me to pull the weeds I need to pull. And you pull the ones that I can't. Put great seeds in, Father. Teach me to plant my own seeds as well. Because I want to have a great harvest. And it's my birthright. It's my inheritance. It's the way I get to live. And I will not be denied. Worship team, would you guys come up? Let's give the worship team another round and heaven, heaven. Yes, Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the anointing on this worship team that we have the blessing to have here. You know, there's a picture of the ceiling in the Vatican Sistine Chapel. And in that picture, after God has just created Adam, God's hand God has this joyous, jubilant smile on his face because of who he's just created. He has that same smile for you and for me. And you know what? He was reaching his hand out to Adam in that painting. And Adam is excited about the hand of God coming toward him. And he's like, ready to take the hand off. Ready to receive the gift. Ready to grab Papa's hand. So in the name of Jesus, I declare an impartation over everyone here today and over everyone here and listening. You have the ability to interact with Papa favorably every single time. And you can expect to receive nothing but good things from him. I have to declare the ability to see that clearly, impartation to know how much he delights in you, to know that it's your birthright to lay hold of the treasures of heaven as he delivers them to you.
The Holy Spirit is always available. There's three things that I think sometimes that I'd like to deal with tonight. One is fear. One is unforgiveness. And the other one is unworthiness. And before I ask you to come, let's just go fear, unforgiveness, unworthiness. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take our time, so don't worry. If you need to hit all three, it's okay. I did. I did. I was a messed up kid, scared to death, <laughs> trying to, to be macho in a big man suit because I was a big guy, but was just scared spitless. And you know what? I didn't even really know sometimes how to identify what the heck was going on in my heart. And for a guy, we'd rather put our hand in a meat grinder than to confess that we're hurt or scared. And that's dumb. That's really dumb. And I had a conversation with my eight-year-old just this last week. And she's a wonderful, amazing little girl. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for her. But it was one of them dad, dad-daughter talks. And it was like, you aren't listening to me, honey. And if you don't want me to talk, that's okay. Because you're eight years old now, and you don't have to listen to everything Dad says. In increments. But if you don't listen to what I'm saying, you're going to learn it the hard way. And I'm going to cry when that happens to you. I'm going to be very sad when that happens to you because I can't make you do it the way I hope you do it. I can't make you do it the way I'm trying to teach you to do it. You could carry, how many of you know, we could carry a mess around with us for a long time. But God just says, you know, I love you so much. Will you please, please listen to me? Will you please give that to me? I love you too much to watch you go through what you have to go through if you don't listen to me. But it's your choice. So, as we worship, one more thing. Some of you who have already won in these areas, who have broken through in forgiveness, when you didn't want to, and you did it anyway. I want you to come up here when we start worshiping, and I want you to be here, and I want you to be praying with people who are up here for to get free. Okay? Those of you that have broken free from the fear that holds you back, and stepping into the great calling that's on your life, and you're moving to those places... That doesn't mean you do it perfectly every time. Same thing with unforgiveness, but you've, you've, you've lived in that place where you said, 
this is what Daddy says. This is what Papa God says. And I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And just see if he's really as good as he says he is. And there's many people in here, but I'm going to tell you, I have lived this. I had to go through all of it, but I've seen him faithful every single time. One of the biggest things we can do to learn the heart of God is not to, is not come to him with a preconceived idea about how the finished product is supposed to look. That's where the enemy gets us if we do that. But if we can come to him and say, you're good. I really want this. If you're telling me to go this way, I'm going this way for sure because I'm leaving out of you're good. Only good, extravagantly good, exceedingly good, consistently good, 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 good. And he always performs. He always proves himself. And if you're in that group that have lived in the unworthiness, but you've broken free from that, then I want you to come over here and pray for those people who are coming up for the unworthiness. And you might come over here and pray for one person in this area, and you might go over there and get prayed for some, by someone else in that area. And that's totally good. Because you know, that's wisdom. And God's created us to live a wise life. Because it's out of wisdom and revelation and understanding that we hear, that we over here, we said it before. What if it's not God's voice? You know, He's totally capable, totally amazingly good. That if we think He's saying that and we go that way, He's going to totally cover and protect us in that area. And He's going to teach us in the midst how to hear His voice more clearly. But it's in living out of that place of revelation and wisdom, starting with the Word. that we get to then see. You know, we don't believe things first and then, or we don't see things first and then believe them. We agree with God first. Even in times sometimes when we can't believe for the goodness of heaven being showered upon us. If we can't believe today that I'm worthy. Step out anyway, okay? Step out anyway on His word that you're worthy we can't believe today for letting go of the unforgiveness that's bound us up. But he says, forgive so that I can forgive you completely and I can pour out the blessings on top of you. Step out anyway. And the same thing with fear. I'll be up here praying with you guys too. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Please don't stay in your seats.